What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over our quarterback rankings, our running back rankings. We're going to go over our Thursday night football preview. I think we might have a good game tonight, Zach. We got the Ravens. We got the Bucks. I mean, on paper, you know, these are a couple of teams that we might, you know, want to watch on Thursday night football, right? Like the Bucks and the Ravens both have been underperforming a little bit as of late. But, yeah. you know, hoping for the best here. You know, glass half full. Okay, after after the Thursday night football game that we saw last week, I mean, it's promising. Things are looking good. You know, you know, uh, I expect a positive regression, you know, to come up for these Thursday night football games. And we saw it last week. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I would assume that the you know, the the better performances, the better offenses, more points scored. I'm hoping that continues um tonight. So let's get into it. How you doing, man? I I'm doing good. I, I think that'll be the case with this Thursday night game. You know, I think it's two teams that, like you said, they're underperforming a little bit. I think they're both hungry for a win. Even though, you know, the Ravens are four and three, they have a winning record, and the Buccaneers are three and four, they don't have a winning record. I think they're both really in the same spot. Um they both need a big win tonight. Um, and there are two teams, you know, that you look up and down the roster. It's not like we've seen the past few weeks where there hasn't been much to be excited about. Um, you know, obviously the Saints are talented, but they had Andy Dalton at quarterback. And, you, and um, you know, the Cardinals were underperforming up until last week. But before that, it was just, you know, garbage games. <laughs> like the no-nonsense NFC's battle between Washington and Chicago. It's just like it's nice to see two teams that should be in primetime, you know, finally showing up in primetime tonight. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm hoping both offenses can kind of find their feet. Neither of these defenses are performing very well. I think that there's a good chance that we see a good number of points scored tonight. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Rashad Bateman, you know, he got a full practice in. He's good to go. Uh, I play him as like a high wide receiver three. He runs most of his routes on Jamel Dean's side, uh, and that's the toughest matchup, uh, you know, among this group, including Carlton Davis. So, who Jamel Dean's been playing better than Carlton Davis this year. Um, the Bucks are giving up the third least fantasy points to wide receivers running routes from that side this year. Um, and Bateman's running more than 60% of his routes from that left side. So a little bit of a tough matchup for him, but I, it won't necessarily cause me to like just leave him out of my lineup because uh, we know what his upside looks like. Um, yeah. The the Bucks are giving up the third least fantasy points to wide receivers there. So, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Mark Andrews, you know, will keep an eye on him. He hasn't practiced all week. And, you know, the fact that this is a short week, just because he played last week doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play this week. The fact that he didn't practice, not even a limited practice on, uh, you know, on Wednesday is not a great sign, right? So right. Uh, if he doesn't go, Isaiah likely would be his replacement. And, and I've, I'd obviously be starting Andrews if he does play. Yeah, and I think if Mark Andrews doesn't play, I might be slotting Isaiah likely in as a, a tight end, regardless of who I have, unless I have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or Dallas Goddard, maybe Zach Ertz. Outside of those four, I might be slotting as I likely in as my tight end for the week, just to see what I can get. Because for this sure, is, this oh, is yeah. yeah. I think that he could be, you know, a top five play if you know Mark Andrews doesn't go. Just because we, the way the tight end landscape is right now, there's hardly anybody outside of those top four that I just mentioned. I think that he could have the upside that he needs, especially like I said, compared to everybody else. There's a good chance. Um, nobody else on your roster is giving you numbers that you want to see. So I, I'd roll the dice with Isaiah Likely at this point because there's really nobody else. You just said the Buccaneers are giving up the third least amount of fantasy points to, to wide receivers. So tight ends in this offense have thrived, obviously Mark Andrews being the main one. But I think Isaiah Likely has it in him, especially with yeah. Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. 
and and they've been giving up some points to tight ends as well. The, the Bucks have, so I, yeah. I'm I'm cool starting Isaiah Likely, and we've seen what he what he's capable of. He's a very he's basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body, pretty much. Yeah, 100. Um, I have, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I have Lamar as the QB four on the week. You know, during this slump, right? And I have mm-hmm. Brady as the QB ten on the week. Um, you know, we'll see if the Bucks are able to bounce back against an improving Baltimore secondary. Right over the last four weeks. Baltimore has allowed the seventh least fantasy points to wide receivers, right? This isn't the same secondary that was getting torched to start the year. So this might be a tougher matchup for Brady and these wide receivers, wide receivers than we think. Because if you look at it on paper, Baltimore was given up overall, Baltimore was given up like the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. But over the last four weeks, they've really been playing a lot better. Now, I do think Chris Godwin like has a solid matchup because while the Ravens have been great against perimeter wide receivers lately. Um, the slot has a lot been a lot been a lot more vulnerable for them. So I do like Godwin over Evans this week in terms of like, you know, if I had to play one, who would I play? It would be Godwin, um, especially in PPR formats. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it's tough overall. Uh, I think Evans can obviously get his too. like both of these guys saw double digit targets last week and, you know, 14 plus targets like, you know, Mike Evans was really the squeaky wheel, <laughs> in, yeah. in, you know, this past weekend. We talked about that. Because uh, the week before he only had a a handful of targets, mm. right? Last week it wasn't a squeaky wheel; it was a missing wheel. <laughs> but <what> <laughs> he fun. wasn't there. He dropped that touchdown. It's just just rough. But yeah. um, with Chris Godwin, I think Chris Godwin's you know the play move going forward too. Right now, I think he has a safer floor than Mike Evans. Mike Evans obviously has a ceiling, but Chris Godwin, you know, we said he's been hyper targeted the past four weeks. In three out of the last four weeks, he's had over ten targets or more. You know, and he's caught at least six passes in every game, which affords him a very nice floor. And I think that he could be, you know, a really good receiver for you this week. And like we said, did we talk about buying him low? I think it was like a week ago. Yes. yes and then a little bit this week, you know, obviously it might be a little bit more difficult the way he's been getting targeted. You know, whoever has him might be holding on to him a little bit tighter because he's gotten those targets. But the production hasn't caught up yet. So there's still a chance right. that you could get him low. I think that. If you haven't bought him already, I'm not saying you have to go buy him now, but there's a good chance that the production is going to kind of catch up at some point. And this Baltimore secondary might be a spot where it does. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm starting Fournette as a low-end RB1, and we'll, we're going to be talking about the running back rankings today. Uh, but the Ravens have given up the fourth most receptions to running backs, the fourth most yards per carry to opposing running backs. So this is low-key a very good matchup for him. And yeah. you know, I'm, we're hoping that he gets the work like he got two weeks ago and three weeks ago and not this past week, right? That's what we're hoping for. So if he does, he can blow up in this spot. It's a great matchup. Yeah. And with Leonard Fournette, he was before last week's, you know, debacle. I'm calling that a complete outlier. I've never seen the Buccaneers offense that out of sync, but I I think that before that, you know, he was really booing the offense. If they want to get back to, you know, back in sync with offense, they got to feature Leonard Fournette the way they were doing the past like two weeks before last week, you know, I think that's the only way that they can start getting in rhythm. Once the run game's there, it'll make things easier for Tom Brady in the past game. Um, I never thought I'd be saying that Tom Brady needs a run game, you know, to get going. But at this point, you know, what else do you have to lean on if you're the Buccaneers? I think you get Leonard Fournette involved again. I think they're going to do that, especially like you said, with Baltimore being a pretty all right matchup. I, I think that, you know, Leonard Fournette's going to have a much better week than he had last week. I think last week was an outlier. I, I'd say Gus Edwards uh, is a borderline RB2, something like that, high-end RB3 this week. Yeah. Uh, I have him at RB25 
right now. He's been limited in practice all week, but I'm assuming he's playing, you know, as their RB1. Um, he had 50. I, I would like if I had to guess like how many carries he has in this week, this week, I would say like 15 carries or so, 16 carries, something similar, similar to what he saw last week. And then you're hoping for that goal line touchdown. You know, when it comes yeah. to him, that's really where his value is going to come from. Like, I don't think he's going to be the guy giving you 90, 100 yards rushing. Um, it's really like, you know, <laughs> Get a look, get like five, six, seven points, you know, on the ground, right? Maybe mm-hmm. catch a pass, you know, maybe not, right? Like one target is like all you're expecting from him. And then that goal on touchdown. That's pretty much yeah. it when it comes to Gus Edwards. Very low ceiling, but he's a solid play for you if you need it. Um, I think that the upside is there because they run so much at the goal line, you know, that they'll have the run game featured. Gus Edwards, I think, is the guy that they're happiest leaning on in the backfield that they've had this entire season, even over J.K. Dobbins, it seems like. So I think that he has a touchdown in him. I, I, if I had to bet an over-under, I'm not sure if there's an over-under, speaking of, uh, if there's yeah. an over-under on touchdowns, I would take, you know, I would take the over on one touchdown. Well, if you, you, touchdown. I, I'm just sharing it right now. We're looking at underdog right now, underdogfantasy.com. Yeah. Gus Edwards, there is no, <laughs> there is no uh, higher or lower on the touchdowns. So, on, so on what does that, tell you, does that tell you? They must be expecting a touchdown. You know, the they must be expecting don't a touchdown. give you that. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Um, he's at 45. The, his his line right now is at 45 and a half rushing yards. Um, man, I don't know if I want to touch that one personally. Yeah. Um, you know, because Tampa Bay is a, a tough matchup, you know, when it comes to running backs and actually giving that up. Now, if he gets 15 carries, <laughs> then, yeah, he could go over. I don't think he's going to average three yards a carry, right? He would go over that. So, right. you know, if he averages... If he, if he gets 15 carries in this game, I would expect him to have at least, you know, 50 yards or something like that. So I'm, I'm okay, you know, choosing that uh, as the higher lower. But that's just one of the options that we have for tonight on Underdog Fantasy uh, for the game. Uh, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to have we're gonna have this pick em slip, right? You can add up to five picks in here, higher or lower on a bunch of stats. Uh, I'm sharing it on YouTube right now, but you go to underdogfantasy.com and you basically go to pick ems and then you enter a bunch of these in into your entry. Um, so let, let's 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 look at what we like here. So the first thing that stands out to me is Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Um, I like the higher on 61 and a half rushing yards for me personally. Like, I think that, you know, with Mark Andrews banged up, right, with Rashad Bateman having a tough matchup, I think it's going to be all, all on Lamar. In, in this game. Um, yeah. And M- Marcus Mariota, a couple of other quarterbacks have had their season highs in rushing, um, or at least a second, like for example, in Mar- Mariota's case, that was the second highest total rushing uh, mm-hmm. against the Bucks this year. So I, I kind of like Lamar Jackson to go over 61 and a half rushing yards tonight. Yeah, I-, I like that. You know, if Marcus Mariota can have a good day on the ground against the Bucks, then Lamar Jackson can. Lamar Jackson, even though, you know, Jalen Hurts can move, and suddenly Daniel Jones is looking like a running quarterback and Justin Fields can get it done against other teams. You know, Lamar Jackson, he's still the premier running quarterback. Uh, he, I think he's good for 60 yards easily. Yeah. Um, now, if Mark Andrews ends up playing, I do like the hire on his prop. Now, here, here's the thing with Mark Andrews. Like last week, he was banged up and he didn't have any production. However, Lamar after the game basically said that hey they were double teaming him all game long so that's just it is what it is right and yeah. he he didn't really see a drop off in terms of routes so if he does play i'm going with the higher on 60 60 and a half receiving yards for mark andrews um 
you know, against Tampa Tampa team who's been giving up some production to tight ends. So I think this is a smash play, um, you know, if he ends up playing. Now, if you do end up adding Mark Andrews to this entry and he doesn't play, um, you're basically going to be counted. Uh, he's not going to be counted at all, right? So you're not going to lose on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he'll just be kind of removed from this entry. That's that's all that, that would happen uh, if you end up submitting an entry with Mark Andrews here. Okay, let's see. Um, now, we're looking at Tom Brady's here. He has a higher lower of zero and a half interceptions, which means does he throw a pick or not? Tom Brady hasn't thrown an interception. As, as much as he's been struggling, he hasn't thrown an interception since week one. Yeah. So I, I don't think he throws one tonight. I'm just going to take the odds here, right? And I'm going to go lower, and I'm going to say that he doesn't throw a pick tonight. I, I think that that's sense? fair. Yeah. <laughs> you can't bet on Tom Brady throw a pick or not. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm a little bit leery because, you know, all streaks come to an end, but this Ravens defense, point. you know, they haven't been exactly, you know, turnover machines. So, and I think Tom Brady will take care of the ball, especially with the Bucks at three and four. I think they're going to really uh, just, you know, batten down the hatches. I think Tom Brady's going to get it done tonight in a good way, uh, much better than he's done recently. You, you mentioned he hasn't thrown touch what's called interceptions recently i think that can that can continue just as easily as it might not um i'm okay with that pick yeah i um so 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 far so i put in 50 bucks right into this entry as as my you know as what i'm putting up i have three picks in here so far if we get all three of these right we're going to turn that 50 dollars into 300 okay yeah. um but we can add up to five so let's see if there's any more that i like so remember when i said the ravens allowed the fourth most receptions to running backs this year Leonard Fournette's reception higher or lower sitting at four. Okay. And Mm -hmm. it's been a bunch of games this year where he's gone over four, right? One, two, three. There's been four games out of the seven that he's played where he's went over four receptions. So I'm going to go the over on Leonard Fournette's reception total. Yeah. I think you like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then let's see. Let's see what else. Now, remember, you know, the, the Mike Evans matchup is a little bit tough. I feel like Tom Brady's going to be throwing the ball a ton in this game. Cade mm-hmm. Otten, his receiving yards is at, sitting at 20, 29 and a half. And I kind of feel like he's going to be passing it to his tight end. I, 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 I'm I, pretty sure Cameron Brady is not going to play in this game. I'm pretty sure he's been ruled out already. Cade Otten, uh, you know, he was on the field 81% of the time. Two weeks ago, without Cameron Brady, he was on the field 94% of the time. So I feel like you know, he went over 43 yards in that game. He went over 64 yards last week. So I kind of feel like this one right here, over the 29 and a half receiving yards, I like that. I like that one. So yeah. I'm going to add him and to that with, as well. Now I have five picks in here. Yeah, go ahead. And with the way Tom Brady, you know, throws the ball, you know, the way that we've seen him historically throw the tight ends, obviously Rob Gronkowski being one of them, I think that the offense in Tampa Bay is still dynamic enough that, you know, two catches is, might be all he needs. You know, he's targeting him downfield, I think. I don't think Kate Otten is going to be someone that they're going to target, you know, super short range or very long range. I think he's going to be a nice intermediate um, receiver. I, I think that, you know, two catches might do it. So I'd be okay with that, bro. Basically, if I if I enter all of these five into one entry, I will I'm, – I'm putting in 50 bucks. My payout is going to be $1,000 on this $50. If I put in $25, my payout is going to be $500 if I end up putting all five of these. Now – they also offer insurance. So if I turn insurance on, instead of that $25 turning into $500 for 20x payout, it'll turn into $250 for a 10x payout. So it allows you to get one of these wrong and still win. 
Basically, right. that's what that's what that's what happens when you turn insurance on. Okay, so if you want, if you're interested in this, it's a great way to watch the game. It's a great way to like you know root for your players. Go check out up on underdogfantasy.com, or you can just download the Underdog Fantasy app um, and use code UPPERHAND, and your first deposit will get doubled up to $100. Okay, so if you use the code UPPERHAND, when you make your first deposit, it will be doubled up to $100. So you can use some free money to make some of these picks. All right, so. That's pretty much it, guys, uh, for tonight's game. I want to hit on a couple pieces of news. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he has an ankle injury. He didn't practice. Um, you know, just keep an eye on that. He seems like he's okay. He wasn't a walking boot after the game now. However, just keep in mind, if he doesn't play, Willis, I think he would be in play as a streamer against the Texans uh, because of that rushing ability that he has, just in case Tannehill can't go. Okay, so, you know, keep just keep that in mind in case you're streaming this week and, you know, you're kind of struggling at the quarterback position. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And with Malik Willis, you know, I think that I was excited to see him in, you know, the preseason run around and play. And he looks like he's a dual threat quarterback. You know, so I think that's a really high quality streamer. Say maybe if Ryan Tannehill can't go. I think that the rushing upside would be there, especially against the Texans who just got gashed. Obviously, it was Josh Jacobs. They were playing against last week, so who doesn't get gashed by Josh Jacobs in 2022? But I think that you know the run the run defense has been suspect, and I think Malik Willis would be able to take take advantage of that if he did start. I'm not anticipating I, Ryan Tannehill being out, but you know I'm I would imagine I would imagine if Malik Willis is, is in there, they would take advantage of that and run a ton of uh, of option plays with Derrick Henry, oh, yeah. right? That imagine and then on, that to- and then on top of that, a bunch of design rushing attempts for Malik Willis, and they could potentially have like 300 rushing yards total. In that game, oh, yeah. um, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry still not practicing as of Wednesday. Who knows when they'll be back? Um, Dennis Allen also said that Andy Dalton is a starter right now, and that's based on his performance and not. And, and James Winston is healthy to play, so he's making mm-hmm. that decision based on performance. Um, so it seems like as of right now, Andy Dalton is going to be the starter before the first seal of the future, unless he really messes up. In, in you know, at which point James might come back in. It's but, funny uh, to think that he yeah. hasn't messed up to this point because he threw two straight pick sixes. But, you know, <laughs> maybe the Saints didn't expect to be in that game at all. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, one of them wasn't his fault. Well, yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, he did he did move the ball a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Which is encouraging. Um, and, and I think that's why Dennis Allen likes, you know, that he's able to like move the ball, move the offense a little bit. And the way he moved the offense, honestly, was pretty good. Given the fact that number one, he didn't really use Alvin Kamara last week, right? right? And number two, all he had really was Chris Olave, like as his main option. And then he got Jawan Johnson really involved. So, you know, so I, I you know, a little bit of a hat tip to uh, Andy Dalton, the uh, yeah. the Red Rocket. Um, but yeah, but Chris Olave though able to do his thing with Dalton, so that's great. Um, but Winston being behind center, you know, for this wide receiver core, just in general, like it just elevates the ceiling of all these guys, you know, Chris Olave and, and when Michael Thomas comes back. Right. Um, yeah. but you know, I think Dalton is actually a solid streamer this week, um, because the, he has a good matchup against the Raiders. So he's worth considering for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Clarence Hill from the star telegram is reporting that Zeke Elliott is expected to miss this week against the bears. Uh, apparently Zeke does have a sprain MCL, which could keep him out through the bye. Uh, which they have in week nine. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out another week after that. Um, but Zeke plays through injuries, right? And, you know, while he's out this week, if he's out, by the way, he might not be out, right? I think, I don't think that's confirmed that he's going to be out. Um, I, the I think it's expected. Is that he'll be out. I think that's he's the expected. word they use expected to miss. 
Yeah, and this is Clarence Hill. You know, he said that there he's expected according to his sources that he's expected. But when you talked to Zeke yesterday, he's like, you know, we'll see. You know, I like to play through injuries. Um, and you know, I, I don't think they close the door on that yet. But most likely, Tony Pollard will be the guy this week. And yeah. he's gonna be an RB one play. Great matchup against the Bears. Uh he has to be. You know, we've talked about this the whole time since you know Tony Pollard's been in the conversation, you know, saying that we need to get him more touches. Um, yeah, this is time. This is what we've been preparing for. You know, and it's finally happening. So definitely don't overthink anything. If Zeke is out, Tony Pollard is easily an RB1 play. Um, I saw a report. I'm not sure. Maybe it was just like language they use differently. But I saw there was a difference between sprain. Someone said a torn MCL, which I'm not sure if that's a difference. But that could hold him out for more time. And the way Zeke's talking, it doesn't sound like he's going to play. I know yesterday I said on the podcast, I was like, oh, he'll be fine. You know, we'll see how it goes. But. It doesn't look like he's trending in the right direction now after that report. Um, if if I'm not mistaken, a sprained MCL does mean a torn something. All right. I'm not a doctor, but I'm not a doctor you know, either. Torn but, sounds a lot worse than sprain, you know. Yeah, sprain, but I think a sprain means that you tore something. Yeah. I'm, uh, sure. I'm on Web uh, it's, <laughs> I'm it's, on right now. Oh, I'm on WebMD. <laughs> right WebMD. Now. Yeah, yeah. I'm on WebMD right now. Is that um, what it says? Because why would we call it a torn MCL? It's an ACL, like Brees Hall, would we say he sprained his ACL? Because I don't think we ever we, we do we ever say torn MCL. Do we ever say that? We no, see, it's weird we because, see... like I said, wouldn't we call it a sprained ACL then? Like, I feel like there's a discrepancy there. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Is anybody in the comments <laughs> a doctor? I'm not sure. But I don't know. It just sounded worse. But regardless, it doesn't look like he's going to play. You know, at least this week. I, I really want to get to the bottom of this. Do we have any doctors in the chat? That's um, what I said. Yeah. So, so an MCL sprain is a tear of the ligament on the inside of the knee. Okay. So yes, so MCL sprain means it's a tear. All right. Yeah. There you go. Nice. There we go. Clarification. Doctor Siddiqui. Doctor Siddiqui. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. I, that's pretty much it. That's all the news I really had for today. I don't think there was much else. Um, Alan Lazard, he's not practicing yet. Keep an eye on that injury because he has a shoulder injury right now. No wonder whether he'll play this week. Keep that in mind if you were planning on starting him. Let's get into the quarterback rankings. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We have Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts at one and two. That's hard to argue. Yeah. What right? else is new? <laughs> what else is new? Now, over the last three weeks, Josh Allen is the quarterback three overall, like in total points. And he had a bye. Yeah. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. That tells you all you need to know right there about Josh Allen, right? Um, Joe Burrow at three this week. He's been on fire lately, right? And I have Lamar tonight at four, uh, you know, with Lamar being in a bit of a slump, right? And Burrow absolutely on fire. Uh, I got to have Burrow over Lamar this week, especially since Burrow's matchup is solid against yeah. the Browns and all of his weapons are relatively healthy. But do you remember in the offseason when we were talking about this offense potentially going nuclear? This year, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It was for two reasons. One, I expected them to run a lot of plays, a lot more plays than they ran last year. And number two, I expected them to pass a ton. Yeah. Well, they're top six in both categories right now. So that's that's ramping up and that's progressing very well. It seems like that's what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Uh, also, our data analytics partner, Preciser, has the Bengals uh Applied total of 31 points for this week. Uh, they have Burrow at a projected 283 passing yards. So the expectation is that Joe Burrow is going to continue doing his thing this week. Yeah. And I, I just want to you know thank Preciser for sponsoring this podcast. 
Precisor uses data-driven analytics and algorithms to make game predictions to help you make better bets, make better start-sit decisions, and make better DFS lineups. And I'll have the link in the description, but you can check them out at Precisor.io slash prediction. Make sure you use the code UPPERHAND to get 30% off the first three months of their pro package. That ends up coming out to only $6.99 a month to get all of their data. So they also have a free package as well. You can check them out. Uh, you can check that out if you don't want to commit, uh, but might as well take advantage of that promotion. Use code upper hand when you sign up. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, I think that, like you said, you saw this coming. Faraz Stradamus saw this in the future. He talked about, you know, <laughs> the offense running more plays and moving faster, you know, more passing plays. Um, it took a few weeks to get started, but I think this is, you know, what we're going to start. It's going to start becoming the expectation that Joe Burrow is just going to, you know, go off every single week with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase um, healthy. The offense looks better. The offensive line is doing a better job than they were at the beginning of the season. Like, everything is starting to click. And we said we expected this to happen at some point, and now it's, you know, it looks like it's happening. I think Cleveland is a fantastic matchup. Their defense has not been good at all this season. They've been, you know, shaky at best. Even with Miles Garrett playing, it's just they haven't been able to hold anyone back. I, I think that this is a really good matchup. Yes, sir. Uh, so Lamar at four, you know, we talked about him at length earlier, Kyler at five, Tua at six, Kirk Cousins at seven. Um, if you're wondering why there seems to be a big gap there, uh, it's because both Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are on by this week. Yeah. Um, Kyler has a decent matchup against Minnesota this week and, you know, might have a solid group of weapons with him uh, now, like with Robbie Anderson stretching the field a little bit, something he didn't have over the first few weeks of the season, you know, really because that's just not how they were using Hollywood Brown. They had that deep threat. They just weren't wasn't used. They weren't using him deep at all, right? Despite yeah. him being one of the best deep threats in the league, right? If you had to, if you had to, you know, figure out like how to use Hollywood Brown, it's not that hard. Like I feel like I could do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I feel like I could figure out how to use <laughs> Hollywood Brown. You know, and this, Kingsbury, like yeah. his decisions, and, and we probably talk about this every single podcast. Like somehow, every time we, we bring get up Tyler to, Murray, <laughs> not even we talk about Rondell Moore. Talk about yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. You know, we talk about how they use these receivers. These receivers last week, Greg Dortch. Like, there's like a, so many ways that we just get back to Cliff Kingsbury being this like fraud. Pretty yeah. much. No, I hear you. Um, <laughs> with Kyler Murray, this matchup also very good. You know, Minnesota's defense has not been very good this season. For me, this is the point where if Kyler Murray does not have a better day than he's had the past few weeks. He's been solid. But if he doesn't show that upside that we were talking about this whole offseason and that we thought he'd have this season, you know, I'm kind of hitting the panic button. I'm like, what the heck is going on? He has DeAndre Hopkins. He has Rondell Moore. He has Zach Ertz. James Conner's going to be back in the lineup, presumably, I think. You know, he might be on a bit of a snap count. But Eno Benjamin is just fine. We saw last week, even if James Conner doesn't play. This is as healthy as the Cardinals offense has been. You know, sans Marquise Brown, of course. But... If things don't turn around and Kyler Murray doesn't have like a, a good fantasy day, like he, like I said, he's been solid, but he's put up 16, 13, 16 fantasy points the past three weeks. If I don't see anything over 20, I'm hitting the panic button. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? What's wrong? Because we're getting to the point where you can no longer hold his value as high as we have been because you know he just hasn't been an excellent passer. The touchdowns have not come. So I want to see him score touchdowns. If he doesn't, I'm officially worried about Kyler Murray. I wouldn't I hear keep that. ranking him here in the top five. You know, obviously, no. he's in the top five because of buys, but he's kind of sliding down my board the past few weeks. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, if Patrick Holmes is playing, if just if 
if Patrick Mahomes was playing, he'd be over Kyler Murray. Yeah. But, you know, with Justin Herbert, too, it's like, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, I'm more worried about him than Kyler Murray because Justin Herbert doesn't rush like Kyler Murray does, number one. Number two, like, Justin Herbert's not throwing the ball down the field, right? So it's like, yeah, who are you ranking over Kyler Murray? Tua? Kirk? Dak? Gino? I would, may, I, I would maybe put Tua over Kyler Murray. Maybe not. Well, he has a good matchup. Well, he's going he up against Detroit. Detroit this week. Yeah. It's a good matchup. So maybe maybe I would put Tua over Kyler Murray. And I guess Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins just have the upside. I get the I was gonna ask Kyler you, Murray in the rushing. I, I, I was going to ask you personally, like, would you rank Tua over Kyler this week? I mean, I, I just like Kyler's floor and his rushing upside. But, like, yeah. you know, if, if, if Tua's weapons have great matchups, you know, it's tough to not rank Tua pretty high. Yeah. I mean, Tua, he's been good. You know, they win games when he's in. I, I'm looking at it now. Um, he, he has to get the ball to his playmakers, and that is what's going to drive his fantasy production. I guess you could say that, yes, Kyler Murray does have the safer floor because it seems like, you know, Kyler Murray can produce at least on the ground where Tua can't if his receivers aren't doing well. But we've seen the Dolphins do really well this season, and I think Detroit's a really good, like, plus matchup. I would maybe move to over Kyler right now, I think. I like it. I like it. I, I think they're interchangeable. I, I don't have a problem starting either of them this week because they both have decent matchups. But if I had to pick one over the other, maybe I, I might put Tua in because Tyree Kill is just on a tear. And this Detroit defense can't stop anybody. No, they can't. They really can't. Um, so I have Kirk Cousins at seven against Arizona. Um Andy Dalton was able to do his thing, you know, against these guys last week. Um, I have Dak at eight against Chicago. I have Gino at nine and Brady at ten. Do you think Gino should be above Dak this week? Now, you know, Gino's not gonna have DK Metcalf, most likely. Right. The right. Cowboys might be might be without Zeke. So, you know, they either support Tony Pollard in the pass game, like short passes, you know, that sort of thing, which will benefit Dak, or they'll just ride Pollard and give him 20-plus carries in this game. Yeah. Uh, but then Gino going up against the Giants, good matchup, but without DK Metcalf. Who would you prefer between those two guys? I think the Giants' defense is a little bit underrated. You know, I think they're actually a little bit better than people give them credit for. I do like what Geno Smith is doing, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, he played the whole game without – essentially DK Metcalf last week and he did fine with Marquise Goodwin but that was it who were they playing the Chargers their defense was banged up and it continued yeah. to be banged up it's not very good I think the Giants yeah. are a step up I think Dak has a better matchup against Chicago I don't think they're gonna even though we want Tony Pollard to get 20 carries you know or touches at least I'm not exactly sure he's gonna be like you know the workhorse back right right um you know in this first game back um, I, I think that they're going to look to get Dak a little bit more involved in the, in the passing game. And, you know, Dak is now, you know, he continues to get healthier. Obviously, last week, it looked like they were limiting the play call a little bit, keeping him thrown short. I think they might open up the playbook a little bit this week. I, I like Dak more than Geno, but it's not by much. Just because of the matchup is what makes it well, One right? thing about the Cowboys passing game is that it's possible that, you know, they are limited a lot of these games just because how good their defense is, right? Yeah. Like when they're going up against like these bad offenses like Chicago, you know, Patriots have a good defense, but the Cowboys have a much better defense, right? And yeah. you know, this might be tough for the Bears to move the ball against mm -hmm. against against Dallas unless they're really successful in the run game. It's just like the one vulnerability the Cowboys might have on yeah. defense right now, right? So I, I can see it happening, but you know, if they do go up, I can see this being um, you know, if Zeke was playing, then you're like, all right, we know what's gonna happen here, right? They're gonna run the ball 30, 35 times between those two guys. But mm -hmm. without those two guys, 
it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. But absolutely. Yeah. And with the Cowboys defense, you know, if there's one thing that's going to keep the Bears from producing on offense, it's going to be Justin Fields being under pressure. And that's what Dallas does best in the league. You know, so it's very possible that it could be a heavy run game like we've seen early in the season, you know, from the Bears where Justin Fields only drops back nine, ten times, you know, drops back 12 times. And he doesn't throw that much. I think this could be a run heavy game. And that's like you said, where teams have found success against Dallas. You might be able to get away. You know, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert might be in for better days than we think based on the matchup on paper. I had Brady at 10 here. Um, Daniel Jones at 11 in a solid matchup against Seattle. Um, Daniel Jones has been getting it done, man, this year for fantasy. He had a solid floor. Um, he has some rushing upside, right? Mm-hmm. And and we've seen that, um, you know, especially last week. Now, he's been a top uh, Daniel Jones has been a top nine fantasy quarterback this year in fantasy points per game, which is yeah. insane, right? Yeah, uh, that's the, the Brian Dabble effect right mm-hmm. there. Um, I have Jimmy G at 12. Over the last three weeks, he's been very solid. He's been a top 12 quarterback, fantasy quarterback, each of the last three weeks, and he has a decent matchup this week against the Rams. Um, the interesting thing here, though, is that I'm not sure he'll be – forced to, to, to throw the ball as much in this game, right? I don't see the Rams, like, I think the 49ers defense is getting healthier. I think the Rams might struggle on offense a little bit against the Rams. I don't see them, you know, getting to the point where they have to force the 49ers to throw the ball. So that, I think, is the main difference between Jimmy G over the past two weeks where teams have kind of forced him to throw the ball, especially late in that game. So I'm still playing him over, like, Derek Carr and Jared Goff you know, who I have at 13 and 14, respectively, against New Orleans and Miami. Um, and then I have Marcus Mariota at 15, who I think gives you a solid floor. Um, and then I have Justin Fields at 16 uh, against Dallas, and we talked about that. So what do you think about these guys between 11 and 16, and would you reorder them in any way? Um, I'm looking at it. I'm not sure I would. I think this is right where they need to be. Daniel Jones, like I said, I called him the plus game manager for fantasy because he is a game <laughs> manager. And usually that's like you see Jimmy Garoppolo type numbers. And just to compare to Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is the game manager. You know what you're getting with him every single week. I think he scored somewhere in the range of 16 points, you know, four out of his six games this season where he started or took most of the snaps. So I think, you know what you're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's good enough. He's a high in QB too. And his upside is a little bit limited. They haven't been scoring as much on offense as, you know, you assume they would. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to be, you know, more up to speed in the offense. So things could be better for Jimmy G. So I like his upside a little bit more than I did last week. But Daniel Jones just has that rushing floor that makes him a safe bet. I don't like the way he throws it all, but you can't deny his fantasy production because of his rushing floor. Derek Carr and Jared Goff, I think that, you know, back to back, that makes sense. And Marcus Mariota over Justin Fields. Marcus Mariota is like Justin Fields, but without the risk. You know, Justin Fields. It's only because of the matchups for me. Like, I would have put Justin Fields higher. I would have put him over Mariota. I would have put him over Goff. I would have put him over. I think that's where I'll put him. I would probably have him at like 14 ish if he wasn't going up against Dallas. I just think it's a tough matchup. It is a tough matchup. And that's why I'm kind of saying, like, for this week, Marcus Mariota is Justin Fields without the risk because he does have the rushing floor. It's not necessarily as good as Daniel Jones, but. Marcus Mariota doesn't turn the ball over as much as Justin Fields has. And Justin Fields, his box score, the stat sheet looked clean, but he dropped the ball, I think, three times. 
and they got all three recoveries. So he he was all right. He got bailed out in that sense. But it wasn't just like fumbles on tackles. It was just running an open field and dropping the ball. Uh, so that's interesting that's one thing that kind of you know worries me for his fancy prospect rest of season but you know i think on a weekly basis he should be all right i got andy dalton at home against vegas at number 17 uh he put up a big game last week and now he has another good matchup at home so you could stream him if you want i have taylor heineke against indy at 18 russell wilson against jacksonville in jacksonville and then aaron Rodgers in buffalo and this is where we're at with Aaron Rodgers right now. And yes, I have all of these guys ranked above Trevor Lawrence a- against Denver and Stafford against the 49ers. I just think I like these guys more. Just those guys are very hard to trust right now in those matchups. Yeah. Andy Dalton and Taylor Heineke over Matthew Stafford. That is just funny to think about. Andy Dalton but- and Taylor Heineke over Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Trevor Lawrence and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Just crazy. Love it. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Taylor Heineke did not look like he, it seems like Taylor Heineke's, you know, thing every season is to come in as a backup and give a spark, make people ask, right. why isn't Taylor Heineke the starter? And then, and then, then, you, remem- then you remember two weeks later why he isn't the starter. <laughs> it's great, though. Like, you can't root against Taylor Heineke. He's just a great guy, it seems no. like. And he's he's just looking to get out on the field, and that's good for him. And he, he has a couple of weeks where he produces for fantasy football, and that's good. You know, you can use him as a streamer. But um, it's interesting to see where Russell Wilson is. That game is in London. I wonder if a change of continent is going to be enough to get Russell Wilson going. <laughs> you know, obviously, he was, you know, hyping himself up. And get, getting ready for the game on the flight over. Oh my god! <laughs> As we saw, oh my god. Uh, all the meme pages were posting about that. But um, you know, I, I think that could be you know a change that could spur Russell Wilson on. You know, if obviously nothing has yet, so maybe that'll do it. I don't know. The game is in London. Players tend to show up. I, I'm not exactly sure um, how that's going to work for them. But I, I think that Russell Wilson, if there's any chance, I think it's this week that he gets back on track. Oh boy. Oh boy. And we've been saying that for a while. <laughs> you know. I'm rooting for the guy, man. I really am. Yeah. I really am. I just I, I feel like he's so ridiculous at this point where I'm just rooting for him. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just like, ugh, ugh. And now it's just like, all right, I'm all in. I'm in. Let's ride. All right, moving on to running back rankings. Got Saquon at number one against Seattle. Great matchup. Nothing else to say there. Josh Jacobs against New Orleans. He's been absolutely killing it over the past three weeks. Elite snap share. Elite usage overall. This is looking a good matchup for him, too. The Saints have given up 4.7 yards a carry to this season to running back. So this is not the scary matchup it once was. So I'm not really worried about it, honestly. Derrick Henry against Houston. He might have 200 rushing yards in this game. Um, The matchup is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is impeccable. You know, this could be vintage Derrick Henry um, from, like, you know, the past two seasons. I don't think 200 yards is out of the question. And obviously, it's hard to project that. You don't want to be like, yeah, he's going to go for 200 yards this week. But, you know, this is where it's going to happen if he does. I, it's perfect matchup. He's had great, great games against the Texans in the past. And this is one of the worst rushing defenses that he's seen in his career. So, yeah. can't wait to see it. Uh, Nick Chubb at number four against Cincinnati. Tougher than normal matchup for Nick Chubb this week. But, you know, we can never bet against him. Christian McCaffrey at five in his new threads against the Rams. It all comes down to his usage. It really doesn't matter what what the matchup looks like, to be honest with you. Like, I'm assuming he'll see more than 60% of snaps this week. I think he saw under, what, I think around 30% of snaps uh, last week. Uh, But I would assume it's over 60, maybe 65% this week. And gradually, I'd expect that to go even higher. 
Do you yeah. think Christian McCaffrey ranked here at number five is too high? No, I don't think it's too high. <laughs> I don't think okay. you can ever say Christian McCaffrey is ranked too high, especially at five with his talent, the what what he can do with the ball in his hands. It's just a matter of if he's going to get the ball in his hands. And we're still not sure. You know, obviously it has been a week. He has now had a week to acclimate, but it's still, you know, new to him rel- relatively. I'd still give him a week or two yet to get fully invested in the system and with the offense up to speed. But I, I think that Christian McCaffrey, as long as he's touching the ball, you know, he's going to be producing for you. I'm not scared of putting him in my lineup this week at all. Even though like okay. it is the Rams, the Rams defense has been underperforming a bit. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I have Kenneth Walker at six. He has been a monster ever since Rashad Penny went down. Great matchup against the Giants. They're giving up 5.7 yards a carry <laughs> to running backs yeah. this year. That's second most in the NFL. Uh, like, like here, like here's one. Like if you had CMC and Walker, both of them, and you can only play one, you play Walker or McCaffrey? That is tough. Right? Like, I think the I way feel like you got you kind of have to play Walker, right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The way yeah, Kenneth so Walker's he, he been be playing, <laughs> the matchup, you know, the way he's been playing, the, the way he's been used. And now with DK Metcalf down, obviously he was playing most of the game last week without DK Metcalf. But, you know, now they're game planning with Kenneth Walker in mind. You know, he's even more of a focal point. I, yeah. I think that, you know, Kenneth Walker is going to be that guy again. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a top five finish. You have to keep ranking him up here. He's not going to leave this slide, I don't think, unless he gets injured. All right, I guess I gotta, I'll got i move him up to number five. Officially, Kenneth Walker's at five. Christian McCaffrey's at six. All because right. his workload. It's just the workload. We know the workload's going to be there for Kenneth Walker. We're still not sure about Christian McCaffrey. But if Christian McCaffrey gets back to what he had this season with the Panthers, you know, anything close to that with the 49ers, he'll be back up ahead of him, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Tony Pollard's at, at number seven here, assuming Zeke doesn't play. Uh, if Zeke plays, I'd move Pollard down to like maybe a high-end RB2. This week, expecting him to get most of the work still yeah. uh, in a great matchup against the Bears. Um, Alvin Kamara at eight. We talked about the Raiders giving up the six most receptions to running backs. So, you know, hoping that he gets targeted early and often in this matchup. And then we have Jonathan Taylor at nine against Washington. Uh, he should ramp up more, you know, to that elite elite snap share that he's saw, he saw before his injury. Um, you know, he was he's one week removed from that injury at this point. So I would assume that it does go back up for him. Yeah. I don't think there's anything, any reason to doubt Jonathan Taylor at this point. You know, we said he was coming off that injury. They gave him the extra week off, you know, coming back from it to make sure that he was 100%. I still think they want to ease him in because as they make the stretch run, they want to make sure they have their guy healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Taylor got that up, back up to that elite usage. If he does, you know, I think we'll be ranking him much higher than nine the rest of the season. What do you think the impact is, if any, that this quarterback change has on Jonathan Taylor? If it's going to have any impact, maybe Jonathan Taylor gets more – I don't want to say he gets more looks in the passing game because he just got eight targets and caught all eight of them last week with Matt Ryan. But I, I would assume that, like, they just – they want more – they want to base this offense around Jonathan Taylor, right? And they want to control the ball. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, don't turn the ball over, right? Mm-hmm. Play controlled offense. And just keep feeding Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. like what I think they want to do. Kind of similar to what they did last year. Um, yeah. So That's true. I, I, that's kind of how I feel that this quarterback, this is that, that's how the quarterback change is going to make an impact. Yeah. You know with, I mean? a rook, with a rookie quarterback, not rookie. Well, te- he's essentially a rookie. Right? Yeah, essentially. Um, Sam Ellinger. With him at quarterback, you know, someone with not much experience, you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor in your backfield. Basing the offense around Jonathan Taylor will make things easier for Ellinger, you know, by proxy. If Jonathan Taylor can get going in the run game, not only are you going to be dealing with 
presumably shorter second and third downs, you know, but you're also going to have the play action game open up for you, which that's going to be huge for a quarterback with not much experience. You want to make the quarterback comfortable. You don't want to ask him to do too much. And the only way to get that going is to have Jonathan Taylor get going. I think maybe they've been playing for this. Maybe they knew they were going to bench Matt Ryan if he lost again. So they said, all right, Jonathan Taylor, let's keep you on a relative snap count. Let's take it easy getting you back in. You know, that could explain last week's lower usage. Once we get Sam Ellinger here, you know, you're going to be the engine. That could be the case. Obviously, just speculation. But Makes sense, though. I don't think uh, that Jonathan, we have to worry about his usage being as low as it's been. I think it's going to go right back up to where it was. I have Dalvin Cook at number 10 against Arizona. Uh, Joe Mixon at 11 against Cleveland in a great matchup on the ground. But we'll see how much the Bengals you want to actually run the ball this weekend. We talked about them being super pass heavy in close games and in neutral uh, game script situations. Um, but, you know, it's a great matchup for him. I, If I was them, I would try to run the ball a little bit more because this Cleveland defense has been giving up a ton of production on the ground against running backs. So we'll right. see what they end up doing with Joe Mixon. Um, we have Leonard Fournette at 12. We talked about him, hoping that he can get his groove back, and this is a matchup where he can. We already mentioned that the Ravens have given up, given up the fourth most receptions to running backs, uh, and also they've been giving up uh, their top five in rushing uh, rushing yards, the top five in yards, after, yards per attempt to running backs. God. I think I got that right. Yeah, this week. Yeah, solid, solid. <laughs> um, so I think he'll co- he'll come through this week and bounce back a little bit. Damian Pierce at thirteen, Ramondre Stevenson at fourteen. I'm assuming this is his role at this point with it when it comes to Ramondre. Like he's the primary running back on that squad. You know, we'll see if Damian Harris gets more involved as he gets further removed from his hamstring injury. But there's no doubt that Belichick loves Stevenson at this point. Right. Yeah. There's like you said, no doubt about it at all in my mind. I think that he's kind of ascended not even to RB1A and Damian Harris RB1B. It seems like Ramondre Stevenson is RB1 right now in this like clear cut because he's getting the receiving work and the rushing work. Um, they're running the offense. The run game goes through him first and foremost. Even with Damian Harris healthy, he only had, what was it, three carries last yeah. week. There, I don't think there's any question about the workload anymore. It's just can this offense you know produce now? Obviously, it looked good for two drives with Bailey Zappi under center, and it didn't look good with Mac Jones. So they went from having two weeks ago, I'd say like a pretty good problem to have. You know, Mac Jones was banged up, but Bailey's happy was playing well. You assume both of them would be serviceable. And now neither of them really look, you know, spectacular. My question is, can the Patriots offense have enough touchdowns to have Ramondre Stevenson, you know, reach his ceiling? I think having a 14 assumes that they're not going to have that at this point in time. But if this Patriots offense picks it up a little bit, I think we could start seeing Ramondre Stevenson ranked, you know, more towards the top 10 or low end RB1. Who would you rank him above right now? Right now, not this week. I, I think right now, this is where he's going to sit. I might even put Travis Etienne ahead of him after the okay. James Robinson trade because yep. Travis Etienne, you know, we've seen the way he looks with the ball, the ball in his hands. I think that he's more explosive than Ramondre Stevenson, even though Ramondre Stevenson's good, but Travis yeah. Etienne's just like a different talent. I think that, you know, against Denver, I wouldn't be surprised if they're checking it down a lot to Travis Etienne. I think for production this week, I, I might put Travis Etienne above Ramondre. That, that's the only reason why I had him a little bit low, just because of the overall tough matchup for the Jacksonville offense against Denver. Right. Um, that's really why I had him this low. Otherwise, he would normally be, I probably would have him over Ramondre, over Damian Pierce, um, and maybe over Joe Mixon at some point, you know, depending on, on how that looks. So, you yeah. know, right now, I- I have him ranked conservative, conservatively. Yeah. I had a couple of questions come in, you know, believe it or not, on my upper hand Zach account, believe it or not. 
I had a couple uh-huh. questions coming about Travis Etienne. I want to get your input. Is yeah. Travis Etienne, they're asking, is he top 10 rest of season? He's an RB1 rest of season. All right. So, so yeah, you think like pretty much. Essentially pretty much. at this point. Essentially, I, I think yes. I think we're gonna see much more from him. I want to call him top 10, but there's still plenty of talent ahead of him, you know, especially with Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker entering the mix. You know, and yeah. obviously Austin Eckler is not ranked this week because he's on bye. So yeah. players like him are gonna slide in. I think that there's enough talent ahead of him that I can't say for sure if he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I, I can't I think- say for sure either. So Tony Pollard's not here normally. Mm-hmm. Neither is Zeke. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, we'll see like what if he continues to get usage. Like I could see me, myself ranking Travis Etienne over Kamara. We'll see if Jonathan Taylor bounces back. I can see myself ranking uh, Etienne over Dalvin Cook at some point. Yeah. Uh, I can see me, myself ranking him over Mixon, Fournette, Pierce, Stevenson. A guy who can enter the top 10, who's not in the top 10 right now, is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that's what I have at 17 mm-hmm. right now. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, top 12 is safe, I would say. Um, but he can definitely be in the top 10 depending on the matchup. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Here, here, here's the thing with him, right? Like, his work might end up increasing, right, over the next couple of weeks. And we yeah. might end up seeing him see 25 opportunities a game because he's end up he's going to be used in the pass game more. He actually hasn't been used in the pass game a ton. He's a passing down guy. We know he's capable. We know he can produce there. We know he's efficient there, but he needs to be used a little bit more for us to kind of, you know, rank him in that, you know, top seven, top eight at times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I have Raheem Moser at 16, which is pretty high, uh, but he's going up uh, against uh, Detroit this week. So it's a great matchup for him. Uh, He's been their guy. He's been their three down back. So start him with confidence this week. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's expected back against Miami this week. He got a full practice in on Wednesday, which is a great sign for his availability this week and his health, <laughs> you know, going yeah. forward. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, but, you know, I think he would like, like we said, I think DeAndre Swift is somebody that could potentially move up, you know, near that top 12 once he gets healthier. I'd be, I'd be a little disappointed if DeAndre Swift didn't look 100% after the number of weeks that he missed. You know, I, I feel like he better be at full health if he's missed as many weeks as he had. Obviously, there's questions about whether or not he'd be able to play last week, and he, he didn't. I think at this point, especially as a DeAndre Swift manager myself in a couple of leagues, you know, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't back to 100%. If, With, if he doesn't do his thing this week, I am going to be sending you a lot of trade offers. Yeah, I'm not trading him. I know what he can do. This is the thing. <laughs> you know, he's... He's missed a lot of time, but I saw that stat floating around somewhere that he's averaging eight yards a carry. It's just like he's a huge, huge asset in fantasy football when he's on the field. The only problem has been, you know, his availability. He hasn't been available. He's been injured a lot, and that's popped up a lot, not just this year, but in the years prior. His whole career, he's been injured, missing games here and there. Um, if DeAndre Swift is on the field, I'm starting him as an RB1, but that's that's just me. I think that his receiving work along with, you know, his rushing ability, he broke off in the first two games that he played. He broke off a bunch of, of big runs. That's why he's averaging close to eight yards a carry, I think. Um, so he's getting inflated a little bit by those runs. But this, just the explosive play potential, as long as he's, as he's starting, I, I'm having him in my roster 100%. It looks like that trade window for you closed shut for me just now. Like, I for was now, so excited. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> – I have a vice grip on DeAndre Swift right now. I, I'm not <laughs> letting him go because I've missed him for so long. I need him to come back. <laughs> I need him. Oh, I can't. I can't afford to trade him away. His I, I, I like. 
I like how you know you were, we were talking about all the negatives, and then as soon as I mentioned trading for him, you're like, nope. Here's why I like him. Despite it's, all the negatives, you're a great salesperson, fact, Zach. Despite the fact that he has left me out to dry for five weeks now, I'm still waiting for him to come back to make that push. <laughs> it's gonna happen. All right, good for you, man. Good for you. That was solid right there. Um, <laughs> Devin Singletary at 18, Dallas Henderson at 19, Aaron Jones at 20. You know, Aaron Jones had a good week last week. But, you know, this offense has been tough to trust. This backfield has been tough to trust. And going up against Buffalo, in Buffalo. And I can see Aaron Jones having a good game. Like, any given game, Aaron Jones can do his thing. He just needs the opportunity, right? He can be efficient. He, just need, he, they, he, target, he got targeted 10 times last week. That's great. Right. But how yeah. often is that going to happen? We want that to happen. I think we can have it happen often if they use him properly. But it just hasn't been the case for him. Dale Henderson... I think he's solid. A little bit of a tough matchup for him this week, um, but I would assume he's going to see more than 70% of snaps, and anytime a running back sees 70% of snaps, he should be in your lineup. Yeah. I've, I'm tempted to say, like, Daryl Henderson more, but he just hasn't been very explosive than, you know, Devin Singletary. Um, yeah. I think the Bills are going to kind of put on a clinic against the Packers, even though the Packers' yeah. defense is so, not anything to sneeze at. And for that reason, you know, I don't blame anybody for starting Henderson over Singletary because you know that Henderson's going to get like 15 touches in this game at least. Mm-hmm. Um, with Singletary, like he hasn't played a huge factor in games where they they blew teams out. Yeah. Right. And that might happen on Sunday night. It's a Sunday that night possible. game. Possible. Sunday night game against Green Bay. That might happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Poor Packers. Right. I I can totally see the Bills like absolutely destroying them. However, and they're at home. Yeah. However, the Packers aren't really that great against running backs on the ground, so it's possible that Singletary can get some usage right in the run game and end up having a good game. So that's the reason why I have him at 18, because I think it's a decent matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I think okay. so. Let's move on to 21 through 30. I have Miles Sanders at 21. Michael Carter at number 22. I have Michael Carter here. I think he's going to be the primary running back this week. Um, you know, a, a, as long as James Robinson is kind of ramping up a little bit in, into the offense, I think he'll be involved right away because they did trade for him earlier in the week so that, you know, he'll be available for this game and run through all the practices and all that. You know, he practiced yesterday for the Jets. And, you know, it's funny because he was a little upset that Doug Peterson was saying that he had a knee injury because he doesn't. He's like, I just think that what he said was, I just think that he just didn't want me to play. And I think that yeah. he, they were just trying to give more touches to ETN and phase me out of the run game. But m- my knee's fine, and I'm playing. Um, so that was interesting. So, but anyway, I think Michael Carter, you know, is a solid play this week, you know, with James Robinson, you know, ramping up against the Patriots. Um, I would play Michael Carter as like a low-end RB2. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we talked about this a little bit, I think it was two days ago. But um, with James Robinson, you know, I'm not worried about him this week especially. I'm not really too worried about James Robinson cutting into Michael Carter's workload the rest of the season. I think Michael Carter is going to get those passing game touches, which we know are more valuable than the run game touches. But just talking about James Robinson real quick about, you know, how Doug Peterson maybe didn't want him to just play, just didn't want him to play. It seems like he was getting a little bit of the Urban Meyer treatment from Doug Peterson at the end there. I think he's probably going to be much happier on the Jets, you know? Hopefully, it seems like the Jets have I mean, yeah, I mean, use him. he said it himself because he's like, hey, I just went from 2-5 and five to 5-2. Five and two. Well, yeah, you <laughs> can look at it. That's very surface level. He's like, okay, man, my record just got better and I might be playing yep. the playoffs this season compared to, you know, with the Jaguars. But I, I think that, you know, his usage, I think that even though I think James Robinson understands and everyone understands that, you know, he's a replacement for Brees Hall. But I think they have plans to use him. They're not going to have 
It's not like Michael Carter is going to be a guy that they're going to be like, all right, we got to get him on the field before James Robinson, and we'll hold James Robinson off the field just because we want Michael Carter to play. I don't think that's the case. I think they're happy to have uh, both these guys in the backfield. I don't think James Robinson is going to be a non-factor um, as he's been the past couple of weeks with Travis Etienne, you know, obviously on the come up. So look out for that. I still think Michael Carter's got to have, but just something to note. And I do have James Robinson here in the top 30, by the way. I have him yeah. at RB30 this week, and that might be a little high. That might be a little, you know, optimistic. But I do think he's going to be pretty involved from, from the get. Um, I have James Robinson. At, I'm sorry, James Conner at number 23. David Montgomery at 24. Gus Edwards at 25. We talked about him. I'm assuming Conner will be back this week. He, he came back to a limited practice on Wednesday. I would assume that he's going to play. He has a rib injury, right? It's not like a lower lower body injury or anything like that. I think he'll end up playing. If his ribs are still a little messed up, I would assume that it's just a pain management type of issue at this point. Um Dow Williams also practiced, right? So keep that in mind when you're starting him. James Conner, you know, with him being out for so long, with Eno Benjamin being Benjamin being involved and looking good last week, Dow Williams, you know, coming back also. I'm very curious to see like if James Conner ends up getting a full workload this week. I don't think he's going to get a full workload this week. I think he might get, you know, 50 to 60% of snaps, something like that, right? And we'll see yeah. if that ends up ramping up moving forward. Uh, right now, he's a little bit hard to trust, so I have him as a low-end RB2, but I would play him over guys like David Montgomery and Gus Edwards. Yeah, I, I think that's the way you have to treat it. You know, especially, like I said, the, talking about David Montgomery, I think that it could be, you know, all the Bears running backs this week. Um, if Dallas can get pressure on Justin Fields, it could be a run-heavy game for them, and that would mean Khalil Herbert. You know, obviously, David Montgomery is not going to be able to take every single um, rush attempt. Khalil Herbert is also explosive. He could, you know produce alongside Dave Montgomery and kind of cap his his ceiling a little bit. I I'm worried about James Conner right now just because of the injury. Um I'm not sure I'd have him this high. I might put Dave Montgomery above him, but um that's about as low as I put James Conner. I wouldn't put James Conner in the RB three territory just yet. Gus I was at twenty five. I got Deontay Foreman at twenty six and this is assuming so this is assuming that Chubo Hubbard plays. Okay, listen. So here's how I have it. He is at 26 right now, Deontay Foreman. This is assuming that Chuba Hubbard plays, but is a little bit banged up. Okay. Yeah. Now, if Chuba Hubbard does not play in this game, I'll move Deontay Foreman up to maybe I'll move him up to right after Aaron Jones at maybe 21. Actually, no, I'm gonna play him after Miles Sanders. I'll play Miles Sanders over him, and I'll play Deontay Foreman maybe over Michael Carter. I think right. I'll have him at RB22, move him up like four spots. Uh if they don't have um if they don't have uh Chuba Hubbard in that game. That's how I'll play him as a low end RB2 if if there's no Chuba Hubbard. But for yeah. now, I have him as a high end RB3 flex play. Um but we'll see. Chuba Hubbard did not practice on Wednesday, so keep that in mind. He was he was in a red no contact jersey and he was riding the bike. So he's not uh you know, he he wasn't playing. We'll see if he ends up playing this week. If he doesn't, DeAndre Foreman gets an upgrade. Yeah, I think Dante Foreman's going to be a, a decent starter. Like we said, I, I don't think we're going to see performance like we did last week from the Panthers offense every week. Um, I think we're going to slowly see them descend back into mediocrity. But, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, we talk about Deontay Foreman, you know, if he's getting majority touches and that kind of thing, I think you can have him in the lineup. I think he's best used as a flex um, and a pinch RB2. That's it. I, I don't think his upside is very high. Brian Robinson at 27, uh, Jabal Williams at 28, Kareem Hunt at 29, and James Robinson at 30. The guys that I have above them, so the guys that I have below these guys are like Najee Harris, 
Right? Are you starting Najee Harris over any of the guys that I just mentioned? No, not at this point. Even even James Robinson. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, because, um, well, yeah, they're playing ahead. the Eagles, which is a pretty horrific matchup. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. and that's that's part of the reason I was like, other Pittsburgh might not even be able to move the ball. Yeah. In this game, um, you know they they scored three points against the Bills. So, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup <laughs> for them. So I have Najee yeah. Harris lower at, I think I have him at 31 this week. Uh, but let me ask you this, Khalil Herbert, right? Khalil Herbert, I would play Khalil Herbert over Najee. Are you playing mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert over any of these other guys that I just mentioned? Would you play him over James Robinson? I actually might. Yeah, just, I think so. Think I think the- Khalil Herbert should be moved up here. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking was like Dallas. Yes, they could run the ball, but like, are they going to be run heavy if Dallas gets up in this game? That's kind of my thought process there. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen the way Dallas plays. They have I don't know if they have the offensive firepower like they did to go way up on a team. I think sure. they could go up but not way up, which would mean it wouldn't be a complete negative game script. But I think regardless of what's going on, I'm not sure how much success the Bears are going to have in the past game with the Cowboys pass rush coming after Justin Fields, who has been yeah. extremely vulnerable. You know, he gets flustered pretty easily by pass rush. So I think this could be a big game for David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, just because, you know, if there is one, you know, bone to pick with the Cowboys defense, it's the, it's the rush defense. So I, I, I think both of these guys could do really well. They did well against uh, the Patriots last week. I think that both Bears running backs could be good this week. So we have Khalil Herbert. Uh, we moved him up to above Najee. We moved him up to above Najee, uh, James Robinson. So he's at 30 right now. Would mm-hmm. you play him over Kareem Hunt? No. I think Jamal Hunt- Williams... Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson. No, I, I don't think no. so. Brian Robinson has okay. more work cut out for him. Jamal Williams has had a role, regardless of who's in the backfield. And Kareem Hunt has receiving upside that Kaleur Herbert just does not have. Okay, awesome. Cool, man. I think that's it. So we have yeah. our final. So James Robinson, I'm sorry. You have been kicked out of the top 30, officially. <laughs> but, but we're excited to see what you do. <laughs> we appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening that's going to do it for this podcast uh if you could subscribe to the podcast feed over on apple Podcasts or spotify that would mean the world to us again we talked about upper, uh, underdog fantasy earlier if you want to put some entries in for tonight's game go to uh, download the underdog app use the code upper hand to get a full deposit double on your first deposit <laughs> nope yeah nope that's not it that's not it use the code upper hand to double your first deposit up, up to 100 dollars or underdog yeah. okay there we go. that's it there we go all right i appreciate you guys thanks for listening and we'll see you guys tomorrow at noon eastern time to go over wide receiver rankings tight end rankings and we're going to review thursday night football take it easy guys see ya